and welcome back to the Eclectic Collection. Today we have episode 52, Popular Foods by Country. Yeah, we felt like talking foodie stuff today. And in no apparent order, with no apparent rhyme or reason, I just thought, hmm, I've been doing this international night thing for years, and I always try to get stuff that people like and associate with that country. And I thought, let me make a little list about this. So if you're going to have a party anytime soon or you want to do something with a cool international flair or maybe you're just trying to eat something different, although you know how I am about cook, you should alert the fire department if I'm cooking and not eat it unless it's a cold dip. It's my jam after that. Not allowed to use those appliances. They just come with the kitchen. However, if you have some culinary skills, Maybe you could try some of these things. So good old America, you have the BBQ. I think the barbecue was definitely an invention of multiple states. Not getting into that because the Texans will fight with the people from North and South Carolina. Then they'll fight with the people from Maryland because they all have a different style of barbecue. But barbecue in general, despite its different styles and sauces, definitely is a big thing that comes uh, from America. And you see it a lot um, throughout the country, specifically in the Southwest, very often with different uh, takes on it. And um that's kind of our thing. So moving on to across the pond, uh, good old France. We have quiche, escargot, and crepes. What is that, you might ask? Well, escargot, frankly, are, are snails. Now, I love garlic, but despite putting as much garlic and butter and oil on anything, I just don't think I could get past the fact that that guy was crawling around in my backyard. But I hear they're good. Uh, quiche, I'm totally down with. That is a basically... There's different variations of it, you know, quiche Lorraine or whatnot, but it's essentially a warm egg with stuff in it, whether it's spinach or ham or whatnot. And um, you could see those as a little individual one, or you could cook like a large one and cut a piece and everybody can eat them. And a crepe is just essentially, um, you could put, again, a lot of fruits in it. Sometimes people put Nutella in it. It's just a warm uh, wannabe pancake, but very thin. And sometimes people will put um, hot chocolate or they'll put... Um, uh, some sort of, uh, uh, I've, I've seen butterscotch not so often. And then you might put, um, what's that stuff called? Help me out. The, uh, whipped cream on top. You might see that. So it's kind of a breakfasty thing or a light, uh, treat, or you could do it as a dessert as well. So definitely something, uh, French teachers have made in the classroom all around. Good old Germany. Sausages, 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 pretzels, 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 and cheese, cheese, cheese. That's like Germany's jam. Now, whatever verse, if you will, there's so many different ones. Um, you know, you bratwurst and you liverwurst and lots of different verse. And it's funny because there's an expression, it's all sausage to me in German, meaning like it doesn't matter because a wurst is a wurst. Like you can have your this or that sausage, if you will. And uh, it's, it's it's so common that it became an expression. Literally, it's all sausages to me is what it translates to. So, And then, of course, the lovely pretzel that we got from the Bavarian region that you think of um, when you think of pretzels, which really, it's funny because Philadelphia is big time with pretzels, although they don't always look like a Bavarian-style pretzel, but, you know, soft pretzel is a soft pretzel. And yum. Of course, Germans have a big uh, beer influence too. More on the dark side, you see like Amber Box and things in that um, region as well. When you talk about uh, Japan, you generally think of sushi. Now, of course, you could have so many different types and styles, um, sushi versus sashimi, but uh, usually there's a seaweed involved and you're rolling up a sticky rice with something in it. Now, if you're like me and you can't get past avocado, cucumber, and crab or want to be California roll, that's about as far as I get. I can't handle little fins and things sticking out of my food. But uh, for those of you that love sushi and brave it, congratulations to you. Uh, India. So I've eaten... 
a few of these things, and I've been told about a few others. So paneer is sort of my uh, Indian jam. If I'm going to eat uh, Indian food, it's essentially cottage cheese in like a curry sauce. It almost looks like a thin, creamy, uh, orangey kind of a sauce. I've also seen that put on rice, like a jasmine rice or a basmati rice, and I've enjoyed that a lot. Uh, naan is like their wannabe pita chip, but it's generally um, thinner. It's like a bread, and I've seen like a mango chutney sauce that's their uh, kind of salsa, if you will, that is sort of like a table serving that you might see going into a restaurant or something. Now, Vindaloo, I can't say I've eaten, but is um, supposedly, it could be chicken or lamb, but it's very spicy with a curry sauce. So that's sort of uh, more on the meaty side of things, if you will, because sometimes you'll catch a lot of vegetarian dishes um, from India. With China, you generally see dumplings. I know it's like a boring thing to say, but you could have a steamed dumpling, a fried dumpling, and you could put anything in a dumpling. I guess it's no different than uh, you could have a veggie dumpling. You could put, uh, you know, baby shrimp in a dumpling. You could have uh, pork in a dumpling. You could have any kind of uh, meat that you wanted or any kind of fish in a dumpling. So it's kind of like I would call it a Chinese taco. It's sort of their derivation of grab some sort of shell and put stuff in it. And if you think about all the countries, they kind of have that whether it's white bread in, in America and you're making a sandwich or whether it's literally a taco in Mexico or, you know, um, a sushi roll. It's the same concept, even though it's not per se a taco. It's what they would possibly take uh, item or leftovers or protein in and roll it up with something and, and you know, create a new dish or, or maybe um, take the leftovers and bring them to a new level. So speaking of Mexico, of course, yes, tacos are very popular. But, you know, when you think tacos like Taco Bell as opposed to an actual Mexican taco, again, it's like a tortilla. And they generally will just go into the fridge and grab whatever is left over. So if there's chicken or you had steak or fish or something that was a day or so uh, dinner, you might put that in there with um, some sauces. Sometimes it's a crema or avocado or different cheeses, you know, lettuce, tomato, whatever you want, sour cream, of course, and um, you just roll it up and eat it. So it's no different than an American grabbing two pieces of bread and, and throwing some ham and cheese in there. Um, quesadillas, one of my favorites, really stuff between uh, two warm tortillas, usually and typically soft. So tacos, you can go hard shell, soft shell, and generally they're corn-based, and you get a flour-based ones as well. With a quesadilla, and I've done this as a Spanish teacher in class where you just take cheese or sometimes chicken or something simple, put it between the two tortillas and, you know, give it a little squeeze. And it's just like a panini press, same concept. That's like the Italian version of a quesadilla. And this is the Mexican version. So you could put as much or as little ingredient wise as you want to. But that's a very popular um, dish. And you could cut them up and serve them and have salsa and dips and whatnot. And, of course, it's very shareable. Tamales are also on that line where you take masa and they're, uh, you could, again, put chicken or pork typically, but you could put whatever you want in it. But that's usually what you see. Carne asada, sometimes you'll hear it called. And they'll wrap it up in a warm um, corn husk, actually. So you don't actually eat the corn husk, but they wrap them up and they keep them warm inside the corn husk and they um, wrap them up so uh, you could grab a couple to go if you will again sandwichy type product but um, sometimes you'll see uh, like fried beans or things like that or rice as well and you could take or add or subtract as much or as little as you want Poland is generally known for pierogies I love a good pierogi and I, I'm a cheap date so I like the plain old you know just potato pierogi situation but again uh, maybe some cheese that's pretty cool but it's like almost like a ravioli except it's just a potato and sometimes with cheese in it. And again, you can put whatever you want in your pierogi. Um, I've, I've seen them with different things. I've seen them with meats, but generally um, fried onions or maybe pan fried uh, simple pierogi. But uh, they're, they're very 
uh, craft worthy. They're a little bit on the uh, tedious side to make because you have to crimp them with the little fork and the corners, but they're very much worth it. And uh, pretty benign. I think a lot of a lot of cultures like them, um, but Poland technically claims them. So then there's Russia, good old Russia, borscht. What is that? So borscht is beet soup. Now I love beets, but I can't say I've ever had beet soup. But that's technically what borscht is. And then beef stroganoff is credited um, from being Russian descent. And I'm down with this, although I hear it's tough to make because it's like little chunks of meat and then it's like a fettuccine type combo. But it's also kind of got like a creaminess to it and you can't like bake it, cook it and do it at the same time. You have to be careful because the stuff that makes the creaminess of the noodle part can actually go bad if you put it back in the oven like too much, too soon, too fast. I don't know. There's something that people that actually cook worry about there. But it is yummy when done properly. Um, Spain. Okay. So I'm down with this. So paella. What is that? Paella is basically a gigantic rice dish full of whatever it is that you want to eat. Now, you can certainly have, again, pick your own protein, right? Or maybe you just want veggies. I am all about the meats. So you could have a paella with sausage and and chicken and beef and pork, etc. Or you could do any kind of uh, paella. They also have these gigantic pans or paella pans that you may or may not have seen, like on a cooking channel or something like that. And if you if you haven't seen the visual, Google it. It's it's quite the pan. It's gigantic, and you can put like a person in this pan. And they generally um, treat it like uh, almost like a Spanish wok. Instead of being deep, it's just large. And there are some um, scoopy sides to it, but it's not as deep as like a wok, but it's huge and holds pounds and pounds and pounds of rice. And uh, I always like to joke that when I went there as a student, they we were in the um, Andalusia region, so we were by the uh, the water and I called it ocean graveyard because every single thing that was in the ocean was in this paella. And often you'll see a... Um, fish paella where it's got a little bit of clam and octopus and shrimp and scallops and uh, all sorts of different things. So um, you could have a paella with anything, but that's very happening. And uh, remember, two L's make a Y. So people are saying paella. No, it's paella. Gazpacho is a a cold tomato soup that they will uh, very often have in Spain. And it's like a summer treat. You can spice that up with garlic if you want or, you know, cilantro, things like that, and make it um, a little bit of a kick or not. Almost like, uh, think of Bloody Mary mix, but no alcohol. Same kind of concept, but it could be as thick or as thin as you want it, depending on your preference of tomato and uh, consistency. And then there's ceviche. So this is kind of like a South American thing as well, but I've definitely seen it in Spain. Um, Ceviche is generally, it's interesting because it's like shrimp and there's like, um, again, going back to that like Bloody Mary mix kind of idea, you see orange juice and there's a bit of ketchup like in the way it's made for the sauce and it's often served with popcorn and it's just like what it's always been put together with but um again very popular difficult to make from what i'm told uh i don't cook it i just eat it but it is uh it is yummy but ceviche can be very uh popular in south america and and in spain moving uh across uh the top part of the pond in england good old fish and chips so um, chips, of course, being French fries, really, I just usually a thicker like steak fry and fish, uh, generally like a white fish, flounder or cod, typical. Um, it's real fish as opposed to like grabbing a fish stick from uh, some frozen section. But that's that's usually what uh, they would have. And often they'll put malt vinegar 
on their fries and on their fish and chips. Although sometimes you will see tartar, but that's pretty happening in, uh, in England. Um, nearby in Scotland, they have the Scotch egg, which I'm told is a soft boiled egg covered in sausage and then deep fried. So it's kind of interesting. I've, I've heard it like referred to as like eggy in a basket before. Um, so just kind of a, a thing, obviously Scotch whiskey, of course, um, attributed to Scotland as well. But, um, and, and in England, I should go back and say the stout, you know, if you're into, uh, like Guinness, that kind of a thing, it's like a thick, thick beer. Uh, they're associated with that as well. In Ireland, nearby, you have shepherd's pie. And it's funny because I can't say the Irish is known for their cuisine. However, potatoes are all around and they made good use of them. They take this like bed of mashed potatoes and it sort of covers the stew. So it's just standard, hearty, uh, just meat potatoes kind of a thing, a beef stew. And it's usually got carrots and onions and peas in it. And it's in a, usually like a brown gravy. And they'll put it in um, like an iron skillet or like a little... Um, small, almost like crock pot type of situation. And then they'll cover it with mashed potatoes and bake it. And it's uh, very, very, very hot. And it's just a comfort food. And a lot of places serve it. You see it certainly in Irish pubs. Sniff, sniff, Bennigan's, another throwback. One more thing I missed from there. But yes, they had it all the time. So that's pretty popular in Ireland. Um, changing course here to Thailand, Pad Thai. Very popular in, in Thailand. It's basically stirred fry, stir, stir fried rice um, and noodle-based dish together. Lots of veggies in it. And um, again, you could put more or less than you like. I've seen it with shrimp. I've seen it with veggies and, and different things. But uh, that's pretty pretty stock uh, food and, and standard fare there. When you go to Australia, which I can't say I've been, but my niece spent time there, meat pie is like a flaky pastry that's filled with gravy and minced meat. And um, sometimes you might even hear them say pasties, and it's basically that way. Now, you could eat it cold, you could eat it hot. I'm not a fan of cold meat like that, but, you know, you could. And then there's good old Vegemite. Ah, yes, men at work. Vegemite sandwich. Gotta love that lyric. So what is Vegemite besides sounding kind of gross to me? Not my jam. It's apparently made from leftover brewer's yeast extract. Ew. And it's super salty, and it's got some veggie and spice additives. Now, I don't know why, but the one time that I had a friend that was from there came here and explained it, although thank God he didn't bring it and I didn't try it. He had showed me a picture and it, to me, resembled the look. It was kind of gray and it resembled a paste look like poi that Hawaiians make, which I hear the taste is completely separate and different, but very strong tastes on both counts. So I've tried neither. I have no desire to. Just let you know, Vegemite sandwich, there you go. Um, Belgium. So chocolate, of course, because a lot of chocolate does come out of Belgium, and um, you see commercials for that all the time. And then apparently they have a carbonade flamand, and it is a beef stew um, that there's not much... Uh, Difference, I would say, but uh, con same kind of concept or consistency of a uh, of a shepherd's pie minus the uh, mashed potatoes. But same idea, you have uh, veggies and meats together in a hot uh, situation stew. Can uh, Canada, you got maple syrup, of course, because maple's everywhere and it's yummy. And if you've had real maple syrup versus something that's a wannabe, then you know the difference. Yum, yum, yum. I also like to point out that they put um, maple syrup often and they have a Canadian whiskey that has maple in it, and it's a nice touch if you're looking for a spirit that has um, a sweet taste to it. Poutine is sort of their jam, so it's like french fries with stuff in it. It's really french fries with gravy. Um, sometimes you'll see like a beef bourguignon poutine where they'll put chunks of meat and a brown gravy and a lot of heavy cheese on it. it could be boursin. Remember, there's that French influence in Canada, so 
Generally, those are the heavier cheeses uh, that you would see in it. And of course, you could just have fries and gravy by themselves as well. But um, very yummy, and uh, I recommend that, and that's pretty benign. Um, Italy, pasta, pizza, yum, yum, yum. Okay, so pizza was actually invented in Italy in um, in Napoli, and pizza margherita was the first pizza, just you know, basically plain pizza like you would have with some uh, gravy. It's not sauce. I don't care what you think. And if you think otherwise, well, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Um, and just, you know, some mozzarella on it. And then, of course, we have many, many derivations of pizza everywhere. But that was sort of where it started out. And pasta, ironically credited to Italy, but actually stolen from the Chinese. Marco Polo went uh, over to uh, years ago and was sort of like, hey, let's trade some spices and stuff. And at the time, the Chinese were using noodles. And he was like, you know, you're eating that wrong. So they got the noodles, brought it back to Italy, and they started using them as more of like a pasta with a spaghetti meatball situation than they were with more of like a soy and and, um, sweet and sour situation. Um, Greece, gyros. People say gyro. It makes me want to throw up. Really? Come on, read a book. Gyros, often lamb, sometimes chicken, um, and it's just very thinly shaved meat that is... That sounds weird to say shaved meat, but yes, it is. It's carved very, very thin, like see-through thin, because they'll take a big um, chicken or a big uh, like lamb shank, and then they'll just literally slow roast it on a spit forever, and then take little little shavings of it and put it in a pita. It's warm, usually tzatziki sauce, which has a cucumber base to it. It's almost like Greek yogurt, very yummy. I like it. Some people don't, but it's good. And they'll put like tomatoes, lettuce, onions in it. Wrap it up again. Greek taco, same concept. Take some stuff that you normally eat and put it in a quick and grab and go. And um, Ito's are pretty happening. Uzo is sort of their uh, liqueur. It's like a black licorice taste. Uh, I would say it's similar. Where in Italy you might find, you know, sambuca or same idea where you might find wine or like Galliano or grappa, like a really strong after dinner uh, drink. You would see that in, in Greece. You would see the Uzo. And then um, finally, I, I saved my, my most difficult pronunciations for last. Uh, so in Portugal, they uh, are the Piri Piri chicken apparently is a butterflied barbecue chicken. And the difference that makes it like stand apart from regular barbecue chicken is that there's a chili glaze that is applied before it's grilled. And that makes it that you know it's it's deal and of course portugal in general not an edible thing but portugal is known for cork they utilize cork now they do make a lot of wine but they they use cork they use cork in shoes they use cork in decorating they use cork everywhere so it's a lot of interesting uh, it is obviously a port uh country and a lot of uh shipping and whatnot but you see cork a lot like in in portugal so a lot of times things are even served food wise on cork um, so then they have uh, pasteles de nata, which is an egg custard tart pastry, and sometimes you might see cinnamon dusted on that. So um, again, that's a pretty unique thing to them, and they often have port um, wine, which is a very, very sweet wine, and that's something you might see as an, uh, an aperitif or an after-dinner drink. So these are just some countries and different places and foods that are associated with them and pretty yummy stuff. So if you've got a culinary flair, have at it and good luck. Uh, I'll be over here ordering them because, you know, I make reservations. If you like what you heard today, then check us out at eclecticcollectionpodcast.com or listen to us on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.